This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. If you love Ute Zone, then love Fletcher's World, one of the awesome regular Ute shows on ORFM. Listen as Fletcher brings you music, chat and segments like you've never heard before. Fletcher's World features on ORFM every fortnight, Wednesdays at 4pm, on their website's podcast or on the Ute for Zone app. Hello everyone and welcome to Fletcher's World Season 2, one of Ute Zone's awesome regular shows. Last time I had the pleasure of interviewing our school head prefect Jack Timu. I enjoyed hearing from Jack and what and about about what's like being a head prefect and the work the prefects do around the college. We also chatted about his family being into sport when his dad played for Otago and how Jack is playing with the rugby team here at the Lashon. Jack Jack chose the awesome to Today, a Māori version of Don't Forget Your Roots to play on the Fletcher's mixtape. I always loved hearing that song. It was a great choice, Jack. I hope my audience out there is listening and enjoyed it too. This week, I'll be interviewing one of our, another one of our senior students, Nick Friedlander, about the student newspaper he's involved with, as well as some other topics. But first, welcome to Fletcher's mixtape. This is where I ask special guests for their favourite song choice, I use some research on the background of the song, and we unpack it a bit before listening to the song. This week's special guest, Nick, has chosen that fab and catchy track by Top Loader, Dancing in the Moonlight. Top Loader are an English rock band from Eastbourne in East Sussex, formed in 1997 with over 2 million album sales and a few top 20 hits from home and abroad. Top Loader's hit, Dancing in the Moonlight, has had one of the most greatest journeys. It was written in 1969 by musician Sherman Kelly. He had been attached by a gang and he envisioned an alternate reality, the dream of a peaceful and joyful celebration of life. And thus the song was born. Kelly then recorded it with his band Top Boffalongo and he sang the lead vocals. Kelly's brother Wells Kelly then introduced the band, the band to his song King Harvest, in which he was the drummer. King Harvest recorded and released the song as a single and it wasn't a hit in the UK. And then fast forward to 1999 and English band Top Loader recorded this cover of the song in the, in the version Nick has chosen to play to you today. Dancing in the Moonlight was the third single from the band's debut studio album, Onka's Big Mocha, and it peaked at number 19 in the UK the first time around. This version is definitely the most famous cover of the song. It managed to reach number 7 on the charts. It stayed around for weeks and weeks and then was certified two-time platinum for sales of over 1,200,000 copies. This song continues to evolve and has been since been re-recorded by the musician Jubal. His top lows version of Dancing in the Moonlight. Let's take a listen. And that moon is big and bright 
Wow, thank you, Nick, for our great song choice. It is really real catchy tune. Now I'd like to introduce you to one of our Year 13 students, Nick Friedlander. Welcome to Fletcher's World, Nick. Oh, thank you, Fletcher. It's nice to be here. What subjects are you staying here at James here this year? Um, oh, good question. Maths, English, History, Economics, Spanish and Chemistry. How long have you been here at McGlashan? Um, So this is my seventh year, so I've been here since year seven, so all the way through. What's that been like being at the same school for almost seven years? Um, huh. Well, it's interesting, I guess, because it means that I've been able to make some quite good relationships with peers as well as teachers and sort of see things change throughout my time being here. So I guess it's been quite cool get a bit of long-term experience. And I think we might be at Columbia at the same time as well. Yeah, I, th- I think so. It might have been when you were just starting at Columbia, perhaps, when I was year just finishing off. I seem to remember you being there. It was really cool. You've been involved with a student newspaper at school called the McLeish and Monocle. What's that like? When did you start writing there? Um, oh, it's been really cool. We, we started at the start of last year. It's a bit of a project which we had to do for the IB course. Um to tick one of the boxes called creativity and we really enjoyed it so we sort of kept going with it um, and that really just grew legs of its own and it's now a website which is really cool. What's the one article you're burning to write about the school newspaper and why? Well it's a good question because one of the ones I was always really burning to write about was the one about the staff rugby team and we just released that one so I guess it's opened a whole can of worms of some other things we might do. So one of the things we're talking about is what might, like a perhaps what a staff government would look like. You know, who'd be the who'd be the prime minister and whatnot. Because I quite enjoy politics. What newspapers and me- or magazines do you love to read? What's your inspiration? Um, well, I don't I don't read too much. I I read a lot of online news sources. I mean, in terms of a newspaper, I read the ODT a lot of the time and uh, websites like Stuff, The Herald, but also magazines quite like. Rugby News was one I always used to collect when I was a bit younger. My grandfather used to give it to me. I used to have a flick through, look at the pictures. Amazing. Um, are there, if there are any other young students out there who are inspiring writers or journalists, what advice would you give to them if they like to write for the school newspaper? Oh, just, just come talk to me. We're always looking for people. We're trying to sort of look for a plan as to what might happen next year when myself and Michael finish up with it. Um, but, you know, if you're keen, come talk to me. Really cool. I hear you're a rugby fan and like to follow the Highlanders. What? Who's your favourite rugby player for, for the Landers? Oh, has to be, has to be Phil Alfakataba. Just the hair is just awesome. Okay, Aaron Smith's good. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I just, I don't know, I lost like Fakatava, perhaps the new toy. Now I really like his wee show and go move. It's real cool. I heard that Falao Fakatava got named into the All Black squad against Ireland. Yeah, he did. Yeah, him and Aaron going to be there. I don't know if you saw, he was saying that he's trying to get past Aaron, so it could be a bit of an interesting battle. What other sports are you into or love to watch and why? Um, I've always loved cricket. I love lots of sports, but cricket would be the other main one, just because of my dad and whatnot, but like football... I play lots of hockey, uh, watch a bit of basketball, you know, I enjoy the Olympics when they're on, um, and I just, like, I'm lucky enough to be paid to watch a bit of it as well, because I do a bit of, like, written sports commentary, which is really fun, um, so it allows me to watch lots of sport and get paid for it, which is really cool. 
Nice. What do you plan on doing next year once you leave high school? Um, I'm thinking going to University of Otago probably looking maybe law and commerce was kind of the idea I was thinking. I quite like to be a sports agent when I'm older so I can work with people like Aaron Smith. Um, my friend of my dad actually is Aaron Smith's agent at the moment so that's really cool so that's why I want to do it. Thank you so much Nick for coming in to chat with me today. I've enjoyed talking to you. I'll look forward to seeing you around school. Kakite. Ah, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me, Fletcher. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Bye. And now for the next inspiring installment of our Tintin adventure, Land of Black Gold. This story is the fifteenth book of Tintin. The story is set on a European war where the plot revolves around the attempts of Tintin trying to uncover a militant group responsible for sabotaging oil supplies in the Middle East. Last time on Land Black Gold, the Emir's son Abdullah went missing, so Tintin goes looking for him and then bumps into one of his old friends, Senor Oliveira da Figuera. What will happen next? Mrs. Swift will be reading the character names for I've voiced all of the ten different characters. Tintin, the land of black gold. Tintin. I'd like to pay him a little visit. Oliveira. It's not a place which would I bring a stranger. He surrounds himself with lots of armed men. Tintin. What if I made it worth your while? Oliveira. But, but how? Tintin, get me inside, and I'll be, and I'll make sure you become the the Emir's exclusive supplier. Oliveira, oh, it's quite easy. I I go there to Doctor Mueller's each morning. Tintin, S- Snowy, <gasps> Snowy, I wish I could have bought Snowy. Oliveira, and ruin your disguise? He'll be safe at my house. Tintin, you sure you'll keep the guards distracted? Oliveira. I'll be, I'll keep him occupied. Good, believe me. Good morning, my, good morning, my friend. How are you doing on this glorious day? God. Who's a young stranger? Oliveira. My nephew, Alvero. Oh, bless you, sir. Say, I have just a thing for that sneeze. Some beautiful handkerchief. <laughs> and now, gentlemen, allow me to introduce my, my new nephew from Portugal, Alvero. God. Atta, here, he doesn't belong here. Oliveira. Oh, oh, bless you. I'm very sure that Alvero is perfectly harmless. He's an orphan, poor lad. I've taken him to my family. He, you know, he, to be honest, he is a little, uh, how do you say it? Simple. Not surprising what happened to him. Alright, Alvaro, go play in the garden. You see, Alvaro's farmer was a humble snail farmer who, who, who decided who wanted to, he wanted to see the world. Tintin. He goes nothing. Oliveira. He married the pirate's daughter. Well, imagine the adventures. Then one day, of the 
Most of Africa. Ten ten. Sorry, locked from the inside. But there's no one in there. What's this? A spokesman from Speedol had no explanation for the exploding gasoline? Why do I get the feeling that mules know something about this? Oliveira. Suddenly, the sharks swam closer. Mueller. That little pest with his sneezing powder. That brat. Crutsy token. Crutsy token. Oliveira. And he was the man she ever loved. Such a tragedy. Mueller. Who, who are you? Tintin. I'm Elvero. Mueller. Tintin. I should have known. Oliveira. And I never saw her again. Tintin. Hello? Get the Emir. Emir. Tintin? Have you looked cared, my son? Tintin. Not yet, but I'm close. Listen up, your highness. Have Mule's castle surrounded immediately. The prince is in here somewhere. All right, Abdullah, here I come. An underground fortress. Yeah. Master! Is that you? Hmm. That's odd. Tintin. <laughs> Don't move and don't make a sound or else. You're going to take me to the Emir's son. Step back from the door. Face the wall and keep your hands up. Prince Abdullah, I've come to take you home. Abdullah. Don't want to go. Tintin. Hey. Abdullah. <laughs> Great. A fight. Tintin. Let's go, Abdullah. Abdullah. No. Tintin. Abdullah. Up the door right now! Abdullah. Don't want to! Tintin. Fine. I'll go. I'll just go. Who's the circus? Abdullah. Gotcha! I hate you! I shall tell my papa! Tintin. Be quiet, Abdullah. He's gone. Stay tuned for the next inside installment of Tintin Land Black Gold, featuring here on Fletcher's Wheel in two weeks' time, Wednesdays at 4 o'clock. Well, that's my show for another fortnight. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. Take care and have an awesome rest of your week. Kakitero, and I'll see you later. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.